Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Welcome to the Great Woman in Compliance podcast with Lisa Fine and Mary Shirley. We have something a little different for you today. Lisa and I recently called for the best piece of professional advice our listeners have ever been given, and we have collated it and put it together in an episode for you today. So we hope you enjoy the advice that's come through from a variety of different listeners, and Lisa will kick us off. All right. Thanks so much, Mary. I'm very excited to do this today. Uh, Our first bit of advice is from Christy Grant Hart, who needs no introduction to most people listening. It's to build your network before you need it. We are all doing that all the time, I think, between the, this podcast, our community, and the different times we all speak and reach out to one another. I think it's really important. I think that's some of the best advice anyone can give. Yeah, I totally agree. And I would supplement this, Lisa, with your um, related thoughts, which uh, I've heard before, which are to go about it with the intent of establishing genuine relationships rather than thinking about what a a person can do for you and instead make it a relationship of equal footing. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think it really is critically important. And, and, And you find everyone's story is always really interesting to become a part of your network. Absolutely. The next piece of advice is a, a three-part segment from Lisa Beth Lentini, also one of our former Great Woman in Compliance interviewees. Lisa Beth starts off with, never, ever give up. You have the choice to be your own best advocate or worst critic. Always choose to follow the path of self-kindness and advocacy. The only sure way to limit your potential is to count yourself out before the race even begins. Yeah, and she follows that up with always be kind by being kind to everyone, remembering that everyone walks with their own worries, stresses, and hard times. You never know when someone someone you've shown kindness to really needed it at that particular moment. It's also part of that is to take the time out to help others and mentor other folks along the way, because life has a funny way of working out when you are kind and giving without an expectation of return. Such an important one, Lisa. I'm I'm a, a big believer in... Um, you know, that nice folks finish first. And the third part is keep calm and compliance on. You need to find your own values and not get ruffled. Be true to yourself and find an inner calm to help you be your best self. Your teams, the people you interact with, and the stakeholders who are impacted will all be happier. Absolutely. I think self, you know, self-care and keeping perspective on things is all a part of that as you keep calm and compliance on. So mm-hmm. Thanks to Lisa Beth for those. Um, and next one, um, it comes from uh, Tanisha Peoples. So thank you for this. Surround yourself with the people you want to become and you'll automatically become what you want to be. Mary and I were joking around about this. It reminds me of a quote that it does not come from the famous compliance leader, Taylor Swift, but nonetheless, she <laughs> mentioned it once. And I loved it. it it's, like, it's like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Um, oh, yes. So I think that's really important too. I mean, it's smartest or someone with the most ideas or different things. Always, you know, join the room and surround yourself with the people who will help you 
become stronger and the most learning and the most growth. Absolutely. And then there was a similar um, a quote that, that comes to mind for me, which is that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you pick and choose your company uh, in terms of the things that you value um, by nature of that, you will also be living those values as well. Absolutely. And the next piece of advice um, comes from Amy Barnard Barn. Again, um, I know many of you are familiar with Amy. Never turn down an opportunity for more responsibility and get comfortable asking for constructive feedback. It's the quickest way to accelerate your leadership effectiveness. And I know for me, one of the, um, the little snippets that I, I was told to me by um, the head of learning at a company I used to work for, which is that as soon as you stop taking feedback, you stop growing. So that's a great one from Amy. Any thoughts on that from you, Lisa? I mean, I think that sometimes constructive feedback, even when it's truly constructive, can be hard to hear. But those are mm -hmm. the things that we learn the most from often. Uh, mm -hmm. I think when one gives constructive feedback, it's important to, to uh, you know, make sure you give it in a way that is constructive and learning as a pet to help you know, people understand what you're really looking for and what will be needed for a particular task. But it really is the only way to learn, even right. though it's not always easy. It's like um, failing. Doesn't taste and f taste delicious and feel good, but it's the steepest learning curve for you. Yeah, absolutely. And along with that, I think the next one from Lisa Estrada um, was is to discount advice that starts with always or never. Your path to success will include plenty of ambiguity, and navigating it will require your exercise of sound judgment. I think that really resonates with me from a compliance and ethics standpoint. Because there are certain things that are clearly unethical and there are certain things that are 100 percent, you know, following all the rules, regulations, dotting I's, crossing T's. But there's a whole lot more that's in the middle and how you mm -hmm. work through that and how you communicate with people and deal with the gray areas in your advice, in your professional career and the problems you deal with every day. I think is really helps you become a leader and a better ethics and compliance professional. What about you? Yeah, this one was really interesting because Lisa, um, as many of you know, she's my direct boss. Um, I have a lot of time and respect for Lisa. And um, there was recently something that I um, escalated to her and I'd written in the words um, something like, um, you know, that is absolutely not correct or something like that is my point of view about something that I was reviewing and it wasn't Lisa's. Um, and then she um, put a question to me and I realized my assessment of it being absolutely not correct was wrong. Um, I had um, taken a, an issue that um, I, I believe fell under one definition when in fact the definition was much wider. And um, after I said to Lisa, oh my goodness, you know, your, your probing questions really got me thinking harder on this. Thanks, you know, thanks for that. And she wrote back and said, always check yourself when you use terms, you know, absolute terms like absolutely. And I said, um, you know, oh, face palm, because we were emailing. <laughs> um, you even told me that in your submission for this episode, you know, and, and she still needed to repeat it to me. But that was her advice in action. Um, was that now I'll, I'll be a little more careful um, when drafting. If I feel inclined to speak with absolute certainty, I need to just double check on that. So that was a real life example of, of that one. Yep. 
And for the next one, Mary. Yes, I'm sorry. I've actually just um, needed to, to scroll back up because I, I lost where I was up to. Forgive me, <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> and in fact, the next one is really very simple. Um, it's from Margarita Derelanko, who's one of our very kind listeners who has been incredibly generous with giving us um, both positive feedback and suggestions for things she'd like to see more of. So big shout out to you, Margarita. And her advice is super simple. It is think big. And my commentary on that is um, while, you know, instant gratification and short-term goals um, can be really important to take care of, also don't forget that in many respects, playing the long game is going to be really prudent for your future. So think about the bigger picture. What is it that you are doing now? What is it that you need to achieve? What is the greater goal and how how can you get there? So um, really simple advice there, but I think hugely applicable for anyone, no matter your background or the the type of work that you're doing. Yeah. And I would add to that, um, as part of being a woman and a woman in our roles, um, raising your hand and volunteering for projects, whether it's growing Mm. your role, it's a new role, it's something like that, anything like that. Men tend to, you know, raise their hand and figure out what they can do or can't do later. Not always. Mm-hmm. I'm not generalizing and particularly not generalizing all of our terrific men and our great women in compliance community. But mm-hmm. I think that women sometimes look at things for jobs. Do I have all the credentials uh, for a project? Am I ready to do that? What's the worst thing? Um, mm-hmm. You don't get that role. It happens mm-hmm. most times in jobs. You don't, on a project, it may or may not be right for you, but people will know that you are trying to grow your opportunities and learn more. And there may be something else you may have by, by raising your hand and thinking big in that one context helps you think big in another one. Um, so I think Absolutely. that's a really terrific thing. Yeah, agreed. And I think that actually dovetails quite well with the next piece of advice from Karina Vollmer. Um, that is every six months assessing whether your current position is right for you. It makes you regroup. And I'm going to turn this to you in a second. But one thing I'd like to say about that is it doesn't mean necessarily stay or go. In my mind, it's more of what's going well. What mm-hmm. is, how do I regroup in this role? What do I need? What am I doing well? What are my concerns? Um, so that I think in your current position, I think it really is important to keep you know, having a constant assessment of that and a pattern. What about you, Mary? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, huge fan of Karina's. She and I are former colleagues from um, our time together in Singapore. And um, I think one of the the, tangi- uh, the related um, aspects of this is to always take calls from recruiters. So, you know, as you said, Lisa, it's not necessarily about stop or go. Um, Do I stay or do I go? It's about um, how are things going? Um, Am I working towards um, my long-term goals adequately? What do I need to stop? What do I need to start doing? And so on. And so when you take a call from a recruiter, if they contact you about a job, you don't necessarily have to uh, explain to them um, that you're, you know, you're, you're not looking and, and therefore you have nothing to say in the conversation. Ask them for some benchmarking advice. Um, check that you're 
salary is still within market range. Think about what opportunities are out there that they're seeing that might be slightly above what you'd be able to apply for now and ask the recruiter what's missing. What are some of the gaps in your resume or experience at the moment that you need to work on to be better suited for those roles so that they wouldn't be stretch roles uh, when you are looking uh, a little further down the track? And then additionally, um, Karina didn't submit this advice, but one of the um, absolute best things that I've learned from her as a colleague is to really um, make a huge effort to get to know the, the colleagues from the business around you. Karina is a real natural at this. She's incredibly unthreatening and, and not intimidating at all as a compliance officer and just loads of fun as a person. And so Karina worked really hard at... Um, having a great sense of humor with people in the business, um, inviting them out to, to join us for dinner or drinks after work. And that's one of the, the best things that I learned from her as someone who's not naturally inclined um, to, to be super social, just generally, um, but uh, also in terms of um, people in the office, because it is kind of hard to, to take that first step and say, hey, I think you're kind of cool. Um, why don't we spend some of our time together socializing? Uh, not always the easiest. Right. And although this isn't directly part of, of this piece of advice, I think by learning about people both inside or outside the business, but as you're new, and I think about this as still mm -hmm. somewhat new in my role, is truly learning not just what the business as a whole is, but what the different components that you're business partners or clients or others are doing. So understand what they're doing so that you can help them from your an ethics and compliance standpoint in a way that makes sense to them. So learning their language at the same time, they're learning yours. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Good one, Lisa. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're at one of our other favorite people. So Exactly. So um, next up is the great Ellen Hunt and her advice you'll note is very thematic of Lisa Beth's and no coincidence that these two ladies are um, some of our most famed and popular and loved uh, great women in compliance. So Ellen's advice is always give. You don't win, in inverted commas, by being first or beating others. You win by lifting them up. And Ellen, of course, is so exemplary. Um, she's a paragon of virtue when it comes to, to this particular value of being very generous with others, um, constantly keeping mentoring um, at the forefront of her mind, maybe not even consciously these days, uh, but always, you know, I feel like I'm kind of under her wing. Lisa, I think you might yeah, feel the same. <laughs> I, I do. But I will say in honor, in, in honor of Ellen, I would say both as a mentor, but she's a sponsor and an advocate, which exactly. are words that she loves to use. Mm -hmm. And I really, she is, is all of the people we're talking about in this group and, and really tremendous numbers of people in this whole podcast community we see as mentors, sponsors, and advocates. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the other things that she says, and you also say, Mary, is about the idea of once you take the elevator up, sending it mm -hmm. down so someone else can join you. And I mm -hmm. really think that, uh, I think there's also a ladder, but I, I'm going with the elevator today. Um, so mm. I, think that, I think that that really is kind of a, a true statement of what we try to do in this community and what Ellen is a, an advocate and a sponsor will do that. And you know, by, by lifting the rest up, we lift us all up. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Collectively, everyone's boats um, are raised. Yeah. 
So, and this is a little bit of a different one from um, Amy Sandu. Um, and this is basically her a discussion about when she was expecting her first child, she told her male boss about this at the time. And like many people was concerned about what the reaction would be. But instead of talking about work, he talked about his experience as a parent and gave parenting advice that he involved his children in everything mm -hmm. he did. Like if they're mm -hmm. doing laundry, let them help, let them help with sh shoveling snow, you know, other things. Um, and the conversation to her was really, really helpful to show that it's great to talk about your family at work, that people have a family in some way, shape or form. And, if, you know, people have personalized and interest and that it's okay to bring those into the office and that it, and, and that your boss, male or female, is okay with work not being someone's, you know, only priority. The people have lives. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I Absolutely. think with that, yeah. Mary, I think... Um, you think now that we have, you know, been through some of the other advice, what's some of the best advice that you've ever gotten? Mm. Um, so for me, this harks all the way back to the um, Privacy Commissioner's Office in Wellington, New Zealand, the great um, world economy. Um, and um, a gentleman named Mike Flayhive uh, was my boss at the time. Um, and he told me that um, he would never rewrite someone else's work um, just because it wasn't in the way that he himself would write it. And so as a manager, um, always take care not to rewrite someone else's work in your style um, just because it's not the way that you'd say it. If it's correct, it's correct. So thank you very much, Mike, still following that advice um, around 12 years later. What about you, Lisa? One of them, and I've heard this a lot recently, and I, it really has become important to me, is the mm -hmm. idea of giving people the freedom to do projects or tasks as they mm -hmm. want and the freedom to also make mistakes when they do because mm -hmm. you learn mm -hmm. from mistakes. We were talking about constructive advice before, but if you're always nervous to try something different or do something different, you're not going to be able to stretch. On the other mm -hmm. hand, as a leader, to allow people to make mistakes, but, but don't, you know, give them enough rope to, that they that they don't fail. Don't let mm -hmm. people you know defeat what's going on, but enough leeway to make mistakes, but save people from from failing as a result of those. And I just think in terms of everybody's growth, it's really nice to know that you've got someone who has your back, but also trusts you enough that if something doesn't go right, you're still working hard, you're doing the right things, and you're you're learning from it. But knowing that you can't really ruin it all in a yeah. technical way of saying it. <laughs> Um, I, I think that's right. Um, in my mind, micromanagement is the absolute devil for um, killing employee satisfaction. And the metaphor or the, um, the picture that I like to use is being a safety net. So letting my team walk that tightrope confidently, knowing that I, I'm not holding their hand while they do it. But if they should fall, knowing that I'll catch them um, and that they won't get hurt if they do fall, there's no harm that's going to be done to them if a mistake is made. Yeah, and I just think that you know helps everyone for for growth, and I, and that's one of the things from a leadership or a management standpoint. In my own career, I've thought about a lot lately, and you know, what do I want to try to do? What can I do? Who's going to, you know, protect me and give, you know, give me that safety net and who can I give a safety net to? Mm-hmm. Good one. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, Lisa and I um, haven't actually really done one, the, the two of us together. So that was heaps of fun, Lisa. 
have I, I know we haven't done it yeah, <laughs> since the first time when Tom Fox interviewed us to right. start the podcast. Exactly. So you could be forgiven for thinking that perhaps Lisa Fine and I don't even know each other. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> in fact, it has been so cool to do an episode with my dear friend. And um, we are looking um, forward to, to holding or, or producing a, a similar episode in the future um, along the lines of Gwick wins. So on the 6th of December, um, the podcast went live in 2018. So if you have any um, success um, or results gained from advice that you've heard on the podcast um, since we initiated it, we would love to hear it. Um, one, to celebrate with you, and two, to feature it in our upcoming episode. Thank you very much for listening and for in advance for the contributions that we look forward to receiving. Thank you. Thank you, you Mary. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.